0: today is thursday april 20th 2023 this is quick start from cbn news i'm dan andros a miracle survival we'll have that top story and more on today's podcast we're bringing news from a christian perspective don't forget subscribe so that we can have you here with us each and every day at 7 a.m as we're going through the news of the cray you can email us as well quick start podcast at cbn.org Joining me now to get through that news of the Cray, Tragons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. What's up, fellas? It's Friday, Junior. How y'all doing? I mean, you know, living the dream.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wouldn't expect anything, anything less. less yeah. I was actually kind of wondering, is he going to not say that he's living the dream? And no, if not. he's not living the dream, what is he living? And then we're really a in nightmare?
0: trouble. We're really in trouble if, that, if that's the case. Yeah. But we're going to start actually with a good news story that i mentioned at the top there a miracle survival this this one is remarkable and you talked to the family billy
2: yeah it's an incredible story had a chance to to briefly speak with the mother of this teenager who died and came back to life two hours later it's it's a crazy
0: story it's wild looking forward to the details on that and ukraine they're still fighting you don't see it in the news as much but the war is still going on according to CBN's Chuck Holton, Russians are suffering heavy casualties. i we'll the details on the main thing, but first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. A reporter released new video that shows hundreds of military aged Chinese men. They're in Panama. This is where, as I mentioned, Chuck, he also does a lot of reports from uh, the Darien Gap. This is where this video took place And you have all these young Chinese men heading towards the U.S. border from Panama. This video was taken by Anthony Rubin, who's an independent journalist. And he said that every day, multiple times a day, groups of men are lining up and getting on buses to continue their journeys towards America. This has sparked some questions as to why are all of these Chinese young men, it's not families, it's just a bunch of young men, uh, going to try to get up into the United States. So, Uh, That's a developing story. You can look for more details on cbnnews.com. And this story comes as Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. He's apologizing to two victims who died in a... The family of two victims who died in a traffic accident caused when a human smuggler was fleeing from police. And he live-streamed it and then ended up crashing into this grandmother and the granddaughter killing them both. He was testifying before the House Homeland Security Committee yesterday and prayers are needed for Albert Moeller, who's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's been hospitalized due to blood clots in both of his lungs. Those are just some of today's top headlines. you can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Guys, Albert Moeller, I mean he's a he's a mainstay there. He's oh I love his podcast. I love his perspective on the things that are going on the news of the day. And, um, so obviously praying for his health there.
2: Yeah. You know, it's important too that we remember to do that in these moments when people need help and assistance that we turn to prayer, we add them to our prayer lists and somebody like him who is such a amazing force for faith, right. You know, we've just, we got to lift those people up.
1: Yeah. you know, I think it's easy. Um, particularly if you're somebody who is either in the like media or news industry or just you consume a lot of news, uh, to kind of, um, it becomes white noise eventually uh, or it can become something that you read about and you take in, but then you kind of dismiss it. So it's important to pause with stories like these um, and be prayerful, right? To, like you were saying, Billy, to, like, to add people to your prayer list. And even the story we're going to talk about on for the focus here in a couple minutes, like reflecting on how God moves in the midst of stories and then letting that inform how we pray. So yeah, I think just being mindful of how the Holy Spirit wants us to use the information we're taking in is important.
0: Yeah, and and I for one, you know, I'm just grateful for Dr. Mueller's contribution to taking the time to do the podcast to relay his thoughts on things because he is just very clear, he's thorough, and a wise man, and so it's just good to listen to people like that who are soaking in the news of the day and then trying to. Uh, bring some Christian values to it. And so I think they're important voices. So of course, we're going to be praying for a Dr. Mueller there. So, and then back to the border, guys, as I was mentioning that story there, very odd to see all these Chinese young men and several reports describing them as, as military aged young men. And I don't know if that's, you know, done on purpose to sort of. You know, conjure up this image of China sending their military over. But it it does make you wonder like, what's going on. It's not like families where you see people, well, you can understand they're trying to get their families there. It's just all men, uh, Chinese, and they're coming in from Panama, which means they couldn't get in just by a simple flight here to America. And you have that scene playing out as the Homeland Secretary is getting grilled about just the chaos that's at the border. It's largely kind of fallen off the radar, but it, it's still insane down there.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the the biggest thing about the border that I've always wondered, right, when you're looking at this situation, and, and this has been brought up a number of times, but, our concern should be who else is going to come to the border. We're very fixated, which I understand why, on oh, people are coming, you know, that they're, they're coming here, you know, as refugees. And we can have that debate. But what about terrorists? What about other people who would misuse or abuse the border to get into America to do harm intentionally to our country? I think that is, I feel like that's been dismissed as sort of like a conspiratorial idea when at yeah. the end of the day, if other people are getting in, why? Why couldn't those people as well?
1: Yeah, well, and then I mean the the drug issue, drug trafficking issue, the sex trafficking issue. Like, clearly, if it's an opportunity, if that's if it's a porous space for people to come in, it's only a matter of time before people start to abuse that. And. and They're probably, they are already abusing it. We see cases of that happening uh, here and there. So I think when we put those blinders on, uh, it just is so naive for us to be uh, dismissing that as a conspiracy or suggesting that uh, people are just, that's just red meat that the politicians are throwing out there uh, to gin up support from their base. Like, no, that's an actual concern. This is happening. Uh, And it's threatening the safety of everybody, but it's particularly threatening the safety of people who are living in border states.
0: Yeah, and you look at the brazenness of some of these smugglers, and the particular case that I was talking about there in the news segment was of that family that lost two loved ones, the grandmother the granddaughter, who were just driving in their car, and they got hit from the result of a high-speed chase. And this guy, two of them, live-streamed themselves, and you can see on this video, they're just they're just kind of laughing and playing music as their cops are chasing them. They don't even care. They don't even care. They're going well over 100 miles an hour and then end up killing two people, not only the grandmother and the granddaughter, but two of the people they were smuggling into the States in the back of the truck died. A bunch of other of them were injured. And it's this cavalier way in which we're treating human life. And we And we see so many times politics being used the gun issue in particular Oh, the republicans they don't care about life look at this well if we're going to go by that logic that if your policies then make you not you know indifferent to human life well what about the border what, what about people are dying at the border every day, lots of them, needlessly, because they think they can just walk over here and just get in and it's no problem. But it's it's a deadly journey for a lot of people.
2: Yeah. And, and I think if we care about human lives, you know, we, we only talk about that one side, right? The side of caring about what we're going to do with the people who are coming over and need help. And we do need to talk about that and, and think about that. But what about the lives of the people in those Border states yeah. that are suffering in those towns. So it's, it's multifaceted, complex, and I think we all have to come to it with an open heart and an open mind. But from a national security standpoint, this story, lots of others like it, they make alarm bells go off for me. And I don't understand why it's not a priority for every single yeah. person on both sides of the aisle.
0: Well, and other countries don't do that. Like we, You don't travel to any other country and when you get to there, think, why don't they just let me walk in? No, nobody, nobody thinks that about anywhere but for some reason that's the standard that America is supposed to apply that we just let everybody come in and give them whatever they want it's a, it's a bizarre double standard i don't think it's a stretch to say it's out of control completely so and yeah. we need to we need to figure something out there so all right we're going to we're going to move over to our next story here and a texas teen's family they are thankful he's alive after he suffered cardiac arrest before miraculously being brought back to life two hours later. What is the story here?
2: Yeah, this is a crazy story. It's Sammy Burko. That's the teenager's name. He's from Missouri City, Texas, and he was recently pronounced dead. Um, he was actually at a climbing, a rock climbing gym, and he climbed up to the top of the wall and then apparently went limp. And they thought he was joking at first. And you know how that that sort of scenario is. They're sort of hoisted up into the air. They brought him down um, and they realized that his heart had stopped. He had cardiac arrested and... They, there luckily was a guy who was there. I had a chance to speak with Sammy's mother, Jennifer, and she explained that there was a doctor. He happened to be a cardiologist, I believe, who um, or a radiologist who was there with his kids, and he started performing CPR, which thank goodness he did because initially they thought Sammy had died, right? Two hours went by. This guy intervened. They transported him to the hospital. Doctors intervened. They spent two hours working on him, and they pronounced him dead. Okay, so, um, but because of that early CPR, it actually saved him from serious brain damage. So what happens is they get to the hospital. The two hours pass by. They send the parents in, and again, his mother's name is Jennifer. Um, the dad's name is Craig send them into the room, say goodbye, and the mother tearfully explained to some local media outlets what went on when they were in that room. Um, She said that she started talking to Sammy, telling him how much she loved him. She said she was sorry, they didn't know how to save him. And she said, suddenly, as I started praying, my husband said, oh my gosh, he's moving. So consider this, this kid has been dead, for two hours right they've worked on him they pronounced him dead so nobody's working on him anymore presumably the parents are saying goodbye and he starts to move um so the parents yell for medical professionals the doctors come in and it turns out he ends up surviving and you know he's got a long road ahead of him he sustained a spinal cord injury uh while he was in the air when he had the heart attack and you know some memory loss and some other things but is doing incredibly well, was actually interviewed uh, by some local affiliates as well.
0: Hmm. Wow. That is that is incredible. I can't even imagine what these parents are going through as they essentially were probably trying to process the fact that he was dead when suddenly they had the realization that he was actually moving again. Were that What was uh, one of the other miracles that came out of this story?
2: Well, the big thing is that when you go when you go for that long without oxygen, and that's why I said it was yeah. it was good that they did that work on him for all that time because you're putting you're pumping you know into somebody's body the Damar Hamlin
0: situation too, right? Kind of similar, right,
2: exactly. Exactly. If you weren't doing that, they'd have less of a chance. But but basically, he should have severe brain damage for the amount of time that he was out. He does have some brain some brain damage. It's minor compared to what it should be, um, and he's working through some of that. He's in a wheelchair right now because of the spinal cord injury. But the miracle is that it was minor brain damage, right? After all that time. I mean, imagine walking in, and Dan, you're a father. You know, you're walking into your kid, your kid's room. You're saying goodbye. Like this is it. My kid has died. He's been pronounced yeah. dead. And for this miracle to happen, while she was praying, and I thought that was interesting. You know, she she told me like we're a Jewish family. You know, prayer obviously matters to them, and they she's saying her prayer, and and then this happens, and so uh, pretty pretty incredible. Um, and there are some other elements to this story too. You know, when you talk about miracles, one of the heartbreaks in this family is that Sammy's brother Frankie died a couple of years ago when he was just 10 years old and that was sort of a situation that they didn't fully understand when when their other son passed away so they were looking at losing their other kid right during this um but Frankie's death they've gotten some clarity to because of all this um and, and so without going into too much detail because of what happened to Sammy, they actually diagnosed him with CPVT. It's a rare genetic condition, um, and that's the acronym for it. But but basically, this is something that affects your heart. Your heart can actually stop during during exercise. He had no idea he had it. Frankie, the brother, had it, right, which they didn't know that was the cause of his death, and the mother has it. So wow. this potentially, oh, this potentially saves her life, right?
0: Gosh, I don't know what that would do to my mental state if I knew any form of exercise could potentially stop my heart. I mean, I'd probably use it as my excuse to be like, no, I'm not doing anything. I, I'm taking it out of the garbage. Can't do it, hun. I don't want my heart to stop. Um, but uh, kidding That's aside. That's the ultimate trump card there, right? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just got done spreading all the mulch around my, uh, my uh, mulch beds. And yeah, I could have just been like, can't do it can't
3: do
2: it.
0: It's going to have to hire <laughs> somebody safe, this year. you not say Well, there's,
2: there's medicine for it, too. So if you know you have it, right? And it's yeah. really sad because, you know, I talked to her about, about their son, Frankie, and she explained to me that, you know, he was having seizures. They didn't know what it was that led to his death at 10 years old, right? Wow. Now they have this clarity, and she didn't know for herself either. Um, so it's, it's heartbreaking, but also this incident could protect her and save her because it sends right. her out of rhythm.
0: Well, and I, yeah, and I would imagine imagine the not knowing probably just eats away at your soul as a parent going what in the world was it what happened what could we have done something and so the fact that they know you're right that is that is sort of a blessing in the midst of a tragedy like that and is that so is that what the cause is that that condition is that what they're saying caused both of for the you know, do doctors say that as well yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That, that seems to be that that's what the cause was. And when you look it up, you know, Boston children's hospital explains that during exhilarating moments or heavy duty workouts, he was at the top of the climbing wall, right. When this happened, So, um, that, that is likely what, what happened here. And one thing that I thought was really interesting when I talked to her, because a lot of people, you guys know this, when you reach out, they don't always want to talk, right. They don't always want to share. Um, and we had a great phone conversation. She said that the reason they're so openly sharing this he spent, by the way, three and a half months in the hospital. So this mm. happened January 7th. He just went home wow. this week. So, but but they want to really bring awareness and change to this because she made a great point. She said, look, infants go through a whole bunch of tests when they're born to check their health. When you're born, you should have a genetic heart test as well. Like we, they would have known this. If every baby were screened, there's so many heart conditions, they'd be picking up on a lot of these things. So they're hoping to really inspire people and, and hospitals and doctors to start doing that.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And look, I think you should get those uh, regular checkups as well. I mean, I myself, you guys know, a couple of years ago, I had heart surgery. I would have had no idea that I had um, I had mitral valve prolapse, which is the the valve that opens and closes to you know let the blood go in and out of the you know uh, heart. It was not closing properly, and so I was having leakage, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. But I I would have had no idea. I wasn't feeling anything. But you know, during one of those routine checkups, the doctor could hear you know, that my heartbeat was all, you know, off and, um, you know, having a regular heartbeat or whatever. And so then I had that surgery. And so who knows what would have happened down the line if I would have had no idea, you know, years down the road and it progressed and got worse, you know, could have, uh, could have shortened my life. And so you got to take those things seriously, the regular checkups, but, uh, this idea as well, it seems like a good one to have, to have your kids, you know, checked for, for, those sorts of irregularities because a lot of times, you know, maybe they can be treatable and there's something that you could absolutely prevent. So, um, and I, and this, this story also just gets me thinking guys about these situations. Um, you know, this case wasn't particularly it, but cause he was pronounced dead, there was no debate there, but it makes you think of those end of life scenarios where, you know, like the Terry Shivo's of the world, you know, where somebody's, you know, breathing, but it's they're they're not there. They're kind of in a you know, uh, what do you call it? A you know, coma that sort of situation. And you know, what do you do? So a lot of things to consider. That most of the time we just don't think is going to happen to us.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's it's encouraging the way this story is ended. But I know. Uh, their emotions have to be as a family all over the place, right? To having lost a child, but then knowing now the issue, hopefully they can use that, right? They can channel that into keeping their other children safe Um, and praise God that they're, that this child survived. Um, So it's a, it's a good story and an encouraging story.
0: Yeah, indeed. So get yourself checked up out there. If you're listening and you haven't been checked on in a while, you never know. They could find something that uh, could end up saving your life. So appreciate you bringing that story, Billy. We're going to move over to the main thing now. And Ukraine, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, they are still fighting. Russia's continuing to uh, have that invasion ongoing. And they're trying to stop these cities from falling. Ukraine is. But according to CBN's Chuck Holton, Russians are suffering heavy casualties. But it does come at quite a cost for Ukraine. So Chuck Holden has that story on today's main thing. In what's become the
4: longest running battle in Russia's war against Ukraine, some estimate the running death toll as high as 1,000 per day.
5: I think that Russian progress has been intermittent. They are making some gains, and then they get pushed back.
4: Despite heavy losses, Russia remains determined to take what's left of Bakhmut. This effort, however, has reduced what was once a thriving city of 70,000 to rubble. A predicted winter offensive never materialized. And with spring arriving, British intelligence suggests Russia is shifting to a defensive posture.
5: I think that Russia wanted to perform some kind of breakthrough or attack this winter, but I don't know if they have enough artillery ammunition to do so. And I say that because I bought satellite footage of Bakhmut. There is one area of Bakhmut that was obviously either a Ukrainian supply depot or a command post. That place should have looked like the surface of the moon, and yet there were only 13 shell holes, And that was the first indicator I had that Russia may be running out of critical ammunition that it needs to force an attack.
4: Russia has not made any significant gains since July. One reason for that is Ukraine's elite Svoboda battalion commanded by Petro Kuzik.
3: The battle in Bakhmut is a nightmare for infantry. The only place to hide is a hole in the ground. You can't expect support from heavily armed vehicles. It's not easy to dig the trenches. Russian artillery turns them to mush just in 30 minutes. We gained a lot of experience, but unfortunately, we paid dearly for it.
5: It's very difficult to dislodge an entrenched enemy, especially in an urban environment.
3: The intensity is very high. I would say that we put out of action about 1,000 enemy personnel in the past four months. And more than that were injured. That's just in our zone of responsibility. Sometimes it was hard to walk the area in front of us without stepping on dead Russians.
4: Commander Kuzik says the Ukrainian forces have managed to hold out against far superior numbers despite a shortage of ammunition.
3: The way we fight is very far from NATO standards because our infantry has to do a lot of extra work. We cover the shortage of ammunition with the blood of young soldiers.
4: While Russia may take the city, analysts say with a cost of more than 10,000 dead, it's difficult to call that a win. Regardless, Commander Kuzik believes his men will fight to the end.
3: We trust our Commander-in-Chief 100%. That's why we are ready to follow the orders and we stand to death.
4: As war continues, Ukraine needs more military chaplains to help soldiers who have been fighting for over a year. New chaplains eager to aid the war effort recently became ordained at Kyiv's ancient Saint-Sophia's Cathedral.
3: In the fog of war, a person sometimes loses his bearings. Therefore, the most difficult thing for a soldier in these conditions is to remain human. So chaplains do everything possible to treat a soldier's soul after their combat duties. It means helping them to remain human, with a capital H. We are scared that this war will be passed to new generations unsolved. We trust our president, but there could appear a foreign politician who will start the game with negotiations as a way to save face for Putin.
4: From Kyiv, I'm Chuck Holton for CBN News.
0: All right, Chuck. Thanks for that report. Really appreciate it there. It's it's crazy to think that that war is still going on. I mean, it's been since February of 2022 and this thing is still going. It's unbelievable. And so we need to continue to pray for everyone involved in that as well. And hopefully that this thing comes to an an end some way, somehow soon. But that's going to leave us here with time for one last thing.
2: Yeah, so it's important, you know, like this week we've talked a lot about Charles Stanley and a lot about heaven, and Philippians 3.20 is just a really simple, powerful reminder, especially when we worry about what's going on around us. It says, our citizenship is in heaven. That's the first part of the verse there. And it's just a simple reminder. Like, we, we are here now, we live here now, but what really matters is eternity and where we will spend our lives. And so living that way with that reminder and looking at people's lives, like Stanley, who did that. Um, and who have done that, I think is incredibly important.
1: Yeah, and I think living with the the reality that this life is going to go on uh, for all of eternity, right? And mm-hmm. letting that kind of color how we act and how we behave and how we engage with others, because at the end of the day, we're either going to spend eternity in heaven or we're going to spend eternity separated from God in hell. Uh, if, so if we're approaching our conversations with people that way, uh, obviously there's, we're going to put a priority on where are you going to spend eternity? I want you to be in heaven.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely and just having that eternal mindset I mean I think it will absolutely change the way you live and we're all susceptible to the draws and the pulls of this world but if we remember verses like Philippians 3.20 hopefully that will help us keep that eternal perspective so appreciate you being here for the podcast today as always get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective Lord willing that creek don't rise we'll be back here tomorrow with more God bless see you then